0: You're listening to American Timelines by History for Jerks. American Timelines by History for Jerks. American Timelines by History for Jerks. History history for for Jerks. The ever. greatest podcast The ever. greatest podcast ever.
1: American Timelines is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com. History for history
0: History for Jerks. History for Jerks. History for Jerks. <laughs> History, for history,
1: history, his for jerks. jerks. For jerks. All right? Let me, let me try again. Ugh. Ladies and gentlemen! Just stop. It's not even funny. Rise out of your
0: seats and be no. ready for the greatest American podcast in history. American Timelines. That's that's how we're doing it. Hold on, let me start. Welcome time
1: heads. No. To episode eighty-two of Of American Timelines. American Timelines. I'm Amy. And I am Nahemia
0: Eastman, an American lawyer, banker, and politician from New Hampshire. I served as a member of the United States House of Representatives, the New Hampshire Senate, and the New Hampshire House of Rep- Representatives in the
1: early 1800s. Is there anything that he did that w- would mention? I
0: was the son of Ebenezer and Mary Butler. I attended the local academy in Gilmington.
1: Did he murder anybody? And then
0: I read law with John Curtis Chamberlain, y'all.
1: Okay, that, we're done.
0: I I died of dysentery. in Farmington, New Hampshire in 1856, and now I'm back to life. No, but I married Antris Barker, y'all.
1: Okay, all right.
0: We had four kids.
1: Okay, this (laughs) is- My brother-in-law was Levi Woodbury. Sorry. (laughs) This is the podcast that gives you all the crazy, nostalgic, interesting things from the past, and we do it year by year. Well,
0: not everything's interesting. I think- no, a lot of stuff stupid. You get, you get mad at me about it, but we talk about That's pro true. wrestling sometimes. We haven't talked about pro wrestling in a while. I keep thank forgetting God we're in the '60s. Rest- well, I look up pro wrestlers that were born in the '60s. Last month, we last episode we talked about Cedric the Entertainer being born, mm-hmm. um, and now we left off in May of 1964. And before we get started here in May, I got a little a silly thing from Weird Universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fifty students in one bed is the title of this. In May 1964, students in Wakefield College, England, attempted to, attempted to set a record for the most people piled in one bed.
1: Oh, I bet there's a funny picture out there.
0: Hoping to make it to 50 in a bed, they almost made it, but when they reached 47, a student at the bottom of the pile passed out. Oh, no. Blood gushing from his nose. Members of the audience intervened to save the young man who later said, I thought I was being killed. Never again, thank you.
1: What? And he
0: probably said. I thought I was being killed. Never again. Thank you. So th- the British.
1: That's awful. So he survived that? Yeah. Wow.
0: But they only got to 47.
1: Can you imagine being on the bottom of a pile of 47 people? I feel like
0: I've, I have been.
1: I mean, c- just ser- seriously, sit there and for a minute and try to imagine that. A I'm minute? Yes. One, one thousand. All right. Two one thousand. You made your point.
0: 3, one thousand. I did make my point. Anyway, that's the weird of the news of 1964 for now. Um, also, I just want to add on the, another thing in the Carlos Summer debacle, the Carlos mm-hmm. Summer saga. We just got off the phone with my mom. We called her to see if she remembered. Yeah. If she had any information about Carlos Summer, if she remembers that. Because I remember being a kid, and she was like, oh, that was sweet. But
1: she had a hot take.
0: She had a hot take, kind of. She remembers her <laughs> grandfather. Who would be my great grandfather, who died in 1975? Every time that commercial came on, he would say, "Ah, fuck that guy. <laughs> I hate that fucking guy," or something like that.
1: That really wasn't that much of a hot take. Was no, it? Well, I guess it wasn't. <laughs> so we
0: don't know. We don't know if he knew something. Maybe about he him.
1: hated him because he was an ex carloite
0: But I bet he knew. I bet he knew that guy just from magic.
1: Magic. Was your great-grandfather a magician or something? No, but
0: he was. Carlos Summer was a magician in the yeah. area, so everybody probably knew him.
1: Well, not necessarily. I mean, I don't know any ma- magicians in our area.
0: What about that guy who made our son levitate at the Cub Scouts thing?
1: I don't remember his name.
0: Well, he was a magician. I know I know three magicians. Well, the great Hadini.
1: Because what you do.
0: Yeah, I do magician stuff. Anyway, let's jump right into <laughs> May. Uh, Friday, May 1st, 1964. Mm-hmm. the Beginner's All-Purpose Symbolic Instruction Code computer language was created. You know what the Beginner's All-Purpose Symbolic Instruction Code is named, is called, or is what we know of it as? Basic. Basic, right! John G. Kennedy and Thomas E. Kurtz designed the original basic language at Dartmouth College. They wanted to enable students in fields other than science and mathematics to use computers. At the time, nearly all use of computers required writing custom software, which is something only scientists and mathematicians uh, tended to learn. And that guy who I said I was in the beginning, mm-hmm. he also had something to do with Dartmouth College, I think.
1: Oh, all right.
0: But I've already forgotten who it was yeah. and
1: what it was. Thank God.
0: Uh, that same day, a parent wrote to the U.S. Attorney General, General complaining that the lyrics to Louie Louie by the Kingsman were obscene. <laughs> After,
1: like you can't understand the lyrics, the Louie Louie.
0: After two years of investigation, the FBI dismissed the complaint because the lyrics of that recording were unintelligible at any speed.
1: That's so funny.
0: Someone from Sarasota High School complained that the lyrics to the song were obscene, and she said the lyrics are so filthy that I cannot enclose them in this letter. <laughs> the, complaint read, the, co- the complaint read, we all know there's obscene materials available for those who seek it. It went on, but when they start sneaking in the material... In the guise of the latest teenage rock and roll hit record, these morons have gone too far. Um, (laughs) And on page 14 of the FBI document, after Mm -hmm. they looked into it, Mm -hmm. um, they wrote down what someone... Thought What what they thought the words were. Oh, God. Which I always wondered. Like, what do people think it was? And so this is a warning to everyone. This is not safe for work. Uh, You can check out more of this at Um, (laughs) smithsonianmag.com. Here is what they thought... This is why, of course, this is why they're all up in arms.
1: Yeah. Um, and it's really them who probably have the dirty, dirty mind. minds. Dirty minds
0: because they thought this was yeah. what it was. Um, oh, I do know that um, the the Kingsmen yeah. who did do this, mm-hmm. uh, they admitted that, you know, they didn't say any bad words.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But uh, they admitted that there's a, a, a part in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can listen to it and listen to this part. And I've listened to it a bunch of times. You can hear the guy at one point. The drummer drops his drumstick and he goes, mm-hmm. "Fuck!" Oh, really? You can hear him in the background going, "Fuck!" Um, so here's here's what they actually say. The actual lyrics are, "Louis, Louis, me gotta go. Louis, Louis, me gotta go. Uh, a fine little girl, she waits for me. Me catch a ship across the sea. I sail the ship all alone. I never think I'll make it home." Three nights and days we sail the sea. Me think of girl constantly on the ship. I dream she there. I smell the rose in her hair. You can, okay. you can imagine what they thought. Yeah. Me see Jamaican moon above. It won't be long. Me see love. Me take her in my arms, and then I tell her I never leave again. Um,
1: I wonder who finally figured those out.
0: So you have to click on that Smithsonian. There's a link to the actual like FBI records of what it says. So you have to open this thing. There's a disclaimer. And you have to, like, really scroll in to see what they thought they were saying. But here it is. It's kind of, there's a fine little girl waiting for me. She's just a girl across the way. Then I take her all alone. She's never the girl I lay at home. Tonight at 10, I'll lay her again. Uh, We'll fuck your girl. And by the way, and on that chair, I'll lay her there. I felt my bone in her hair what that doesn't even make sense she had a rag on i moved i moved shove it won't be long she'll slip it off i held her in my arms and then i told her i'd lay her again
1: so that's what they thought they were saying Yeah, i
0: guess that's what they thought i thought it was worse than that something about in her something in her hair
1: bone in her hair
0: bone i put my bone in her hair like nobody puts a wiener in. no that's right
1: that doesn't make sense
0: and that's not yeah so that's why it's dumb yeah uh That was thrown out because they said that's not what they were saying.
1: That's probably when they had to write the lyrics down. They probably probably they probably didn't even have them. Yeah, they probably just. It was like a Jamaican.
0: It was a remake of a Jamaican song. Oh,
1: okay, yeah. It was
0: like a Jamaican
1: something like a reggae kind of thing. Yeah.
0: And then Saturday, May second, nineteen sixty four, Northern Dancer. Wins the 90th running of the Kentucky Derby. Okay. Northern Dancers winning time set a new Derby record, y'all. I didn't know we were going back
1: to talking about the Kentucky Derby.
0: Yeah, the jockey was Bill Hartack. All right. And then Monday, May 4th, 1964, the U.S. Congress named Bourbon Whiskey as the official national booze. It was recognized in 1964 by the U.S. Congress as a distinctive product of the United States. Bourbon sold in the U.S. must be produced in America from at least 51% corn and stored in a new container of charred oak.
1: Oh, I didn't know they had those regulations on it. Boom!
0: Bourbon! Boom! You didn't know anything about bourbon.
1: No, I don't care for bourbon. Remember when we went to that stand-up where we got to have a drink, eight different different drinks and I kept just giving them to you? Yeah, we
0: went to a show called... um, thinking drinkers in edinburgh scotland at the fringe festival yep. and it was these two guys doing a two-man show about the history of different alcohols and they would give you a sample you'd be drinking it as they're telling you about the history of and it was and there was gin. 10
1: of them or something
0: uh i don't know if there's 10 it was a it lot was five. there was beer It was beer, whiskey gin wine bourbon and wine i think was there wine i don't think there was wine yeah there was i there think was? I yeah
1: don't i think
0: anyway it was a lot of alcohol
1: and I just kept giving you it all my sneakers. It came as part bus. of your
0: ticket. It was great. Yeah. And then on May 9th, 1964, it's a Saturday, mm-hmm. we got a new number one song on the Billboard chart. Finally, it's not a Beatles song. Okay. It's the first one in a while that wasn't the Beatles. Yeah. It was. This song was first sung by Carol Channing, who starred as Dolly Gallagher, Levi, in the original 1964 Broadway cast. hello dolly
1: oh hello dolly the beginning of it sounded like the music it from uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre a little bit really yeah the at the beginning of that movie
0: in December of 1963 at the behest of his manager Louis Armstrong made a demonstration recording of hello dolly for the songs publisher to use to promote the show hello dolly opened on January 16 64 at the st. James Theater in New York City and it quickly became a major success Hmm. Uh, the same month, Cap Records released Armstrong's publishing demo as a commercial single. His version reached number one, ending the Beatles streak of three consecutive number one hits in a row.
1: Can't compete with Hello Dolly, I guess.
0: No, I guess not. Uh, this song made Louis Armstrong the oldest artist to ever reach number one on the Hot 100. He oh, was cool. 213 years old.
1: No, he was not. He was.
0: Um in 1965, Armstrong performed the song on a German variety show with the musician and bandleader Max Greger. This All won a right. Grammy Award for Song of the Year in 1965, and Armstrong received a Grammy for Best Vocal Performance, Male.
1: Oh. He also
0: performed the song with Barbara Streisand in the popular 1969 film, Hello Dolly.
1: Oh, I bet you can't wait to hear that. Version.
0: I know who would would love it. Don McAllister.
1: I think you would love it.
0: Beautiful Don McAllister, a fellow I know. You have told
1: us how much you love Babs.
0: I am a big Babs fan.
1: Nat. <laughs>
0: Remember, Nat? Jokes? Yes,
1: they're awful. My suit that's not black, Nat.
0: And then Saturday, May 16th, 1964, that song gets thrown off the number one charts by Mary Wells.
1: Oh, yeah, I know this one.
0: This was recorded for the Motown label.
1: My, my guy.
0: Yep. Written and produced by Smokey Robinson of The Miracles. This song is a woman's rejection of a sexual advance, an affirmation of her fidelity to her boyfriend, who is her ideal, and with whom she is happy. Yep. Despite his ordinary physique and looks. <laughs> Gather week. At the, ses- the sessions for recording this, mm-hmm. the musician- musicians were having issues completing the intro. Mm-hmm. The musicians have been there all day, and they were getting ready to leave. Keyboardist Earl Van Dyke would recall we were doing anything to get the hell out of that studio. We knew the producers didn't know nothing about no Canadian sunset. We figured the song would wind up in the trash anyway. When, well, when Wells recorded her vocal, mm-hmm. she sang over the song's outro with a huskiness evoking the line delivery of May West. Wells would recall, I was only joking, but the producer said, keep it going, keep it going. My Guy became the biggest hit ever for Wells, Motown's first female star.
1: Oh, sweet. How about that? How about that?
0: How about that? Catch me outside, how about that?
1: He's said, as a matter of
0: fact. That's enough. Saturday, May thirtieth, nineteen sixty four. <laughs> did you know? Did you ever hear of the have you ever heard of Star Trek uh the Vulcan nerve pinch? Yes, death, pinch? death grip or whatever. Yeah, uh, Spock does that. He yes. kills people by punching their neck. I think it's a death grip. It's a Vulcan nerve pinch. Oh. Anyway, Ian Chesterton's Ian Chesterton's character from A 1964 Doctor Who episode gripped an Aztec warrior between the shoulder and neck, rendering him unconscious just like that.
1: Oh, we kind of ripped it off. So
0: Star Trek stole it.
1: Oh, burn. From
0: Doctor Who. So Brandon Wilhelm was correct all along saying Doctor Who's the greatest.
1: I've never seen Doctor Who.
0: I haven't either. I I watched one episode. I like time travel. I should watch it. I love time travel. Yeah. I watched one episode and it was just kind of kind of... Eh, the time travel parts i like
1: i think people are gonna be pissed that you said that
0: which that i didn't like it yeah well it's only one episode it was like the pilot
1: episode i know i'm so just saying it yeah it could be pilot and now there's or... a
0: lady like there's a lady doctor who i know oh, there like, is there's a brand new one i think oh i think it's a lady i'm not sure
1: she she's am, am androgynous
0: no i don't think she's probably I, <laughs> I don't know anything about
1: her that's not what you meant. i don't even know
0: if it's a lady for sure i thought i heard that somewhere so this one is of our good rest- reporting.
1: <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a reporter.
0: I thought I heard that somewhere. I think I did somewhere. I think it was like good for women's issues. <laughs> You're
1: great, ridiculous. I mean, it's good
0: for women's right. Like they're remove, they're redoing all these movies as women now, like Ghostbusters mm-hmm. and there was it's another true. one. Anyway. Golden Sa- Girls. Saturday, May- yeah, they should redo Golden Girls as women. That's where that <laughs> one goes. I bet that'd be good. Saturday, May thirtieth, nineteen sixty-four. Mm-hmm. Another number one song by the Beatles. They're back on top. They climb back onto the number one charts. after Everybody Mary else Wells. off. Yeah, here they go. This is a good one. Let me do. Anytime a harmonica is good. Mm-hmm.
1: It's, it's in there. It's good. I wouldn't say anytime.
0: Yes, anytime.
1: I'm sure the song a few was
0: written. This song was written several years before it was recorded. Oh yeah. And prior to the existence of the Beatles. Oh. The single features John Lennon's prominent harmonica playing and duet vocals by him and Paul McCartney.
1: How is John Lennon doing the parma- harmonica? Yeah, That's yep. pretty
0: good. Three different recorded versions of the song by the Beatles have been released, each with a different drummer. Love Me Do was primarily written by Paul in 1958 and 59 while truant from, the, from school at age 16. Oh. John Lennon contributed the Middle Eight, or Bridge. The song was later credited to Lennon McCartney. Lennon said, Love Me Do was Paul's song. I do know he had the song around in Hamburg even way, way before we were songwriters. McCartney said, Love Me Do was completely co-written. It was just Lennon and McCartney sitting down without either of us having a particularly original idea. We loved doing it. It was a very interesting thing to try and learn to do to become songwriters. I think we eventually got so strong that we wrote so much through our formative period. Uh, Love Me
1: Do was a shitload.
0: Yeah, they wrote a lot of shit together.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: and i i'm convinced now uh oh there. Oh, well, let me tell you this real quick uh the way they wrote their practice at the time was to scribble songs in a school notebook dreaming of stardom always writing another lennon mccartney original at the top of the page <laughs> but i'm convinced i bet
1: people that have Originals of that shit and have some
0: th- money, yeah. buku dollars. Yeah, I don't you think the Beatles had to be sent here by aliens or be influenced? Like an aliens, aliens must have come down, mm. found them, and wrote all those songs for them. I'd be like, these are going to be hits. Like a I human, know. a human couldn't write that many. Yeah, hits.
1: sure they could. No, they
0: couldn't. Name one. The Beatles. Right, can't name another one because aliens made them Beatles. Beatles were aliens, probably. Notice John Lennon's not around anymore. Alien.
1: Oh, yeah? What about uh, Sticks?
0: Uh, they're pretty good. <laughs> and Bismarck Yep, true. That's it, though. Nobody else, no okay. other humans could do that. Sticks, Beatles, and Bismarck are all <laughs> aliens. <laughs> Tomo arigato, Mr. Robot-o. All right. You know they won't play it. Sticks won't play Domorigato, uh, Mr. Roboto. Why not? I don't know. But
1: is it a conspiracy? Dennis
0: DeYoung is coming to Charlotte. You can ask him. Soon to the Performing Arts Center. Yeah. And I'm just keeping my fingers crossed that he will play Mr. Roboto.
1: Well, if you meet him, you should ask him what the deal is.
0: And then I will punch him if he doesn't play it. Domo or they got You should seriously ask him.
1: Say, is there a conspiracy about Mr. Roboto?
0: Thank you very much, Mr. All right, we got it helping me escape where i needed to
1: all right you're done it's the best song ever
0: mr roboto is by far the best song in american (laughs) history everyone knows it saturday june 6th 1964 nobody even knows what it's about it's about a robot and it does all the things that nobody wants to. It is. Yes.
1: You then why does he We're say "I'm Kilroy" at the end? Nobody. That's from like World I'm War Kill One. Roy. World War One or Kill World War Two. One of the two World well, Wars. Why do
0: the Beastie Boys uh, say? Um, uh, why do they sing uh, at the end of that one song? They sing uh, mm-hmm. something to and the forty, Ali Baba and the forty thieves, Ali Baba and the forty thieves. Alibaba and the 40
1: thieves. Why do they yell that? The Beastie Boys are crazy, though. It's a
0: pirate song, I guess that's why. Anyway. Saturday, June 6, 1964, we got another number one song, and this one's not the Beatles. The, the Dixie T- Cups. Oh,
1: yeah. I used to teach my cousin Katie how to harmonize singing With this, this song? song. Yep. Teach me right now. The so you sing the regular. You sing. Do, you? I can't remember what we used to do. Oh, okay. I'm not going to do that. We're cutting this out. Anyway,
0: this, we're not cutting anything. This is written by Jeff Barry,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Ellie Greenwich, and Phil Spector. Phil Spector's murdered, an
1: old motherfucker, isn't before he? Before he, he
0: murdered somebody, yeah. And made famous by the Dixie Cups in 1964, spending mm-hmm. three weeks at number one on the Billboard Hot 100. The song tells of the happiness and excitement the narrator feels on her wedding day. Duh. For she and her love are going to the Chapel of Love and will never be lonely anymore. Many other artists have recorded the song. Really? Yeah.
1: This is the only version I ever hear.
0: You've never heard the one by uh, Joan Jett? No. we have never heard the one by Duran Duran? No. Or Devo?
1: Mm-mm.
0: Going to the Chapel. Chapel of Love. Well, that's the B-52. So. Yeah. June 27th, 1964. Yeah. Peter and Gordon. We got another number one song. Written by Paul McCartney. hmm But it's not a Beatles song. A World Without Love by Peter and Gordon.
1: This was written by Paul McCartney? Written
0: by Paul McCartney. Recorded by the British duo, Peter and Gordon. Released it their sounds first like it was
1: something from the Rushmore soundtrack or something. I
0: don't know what that's supposed to mean.
1: What's that kind of music? This was
0: included on the duo's debut album in the UK and in the US on an album by the same name.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Written by Paul McCartney, attributed to Lennon McCartney. McCartney wrote the song when he was 16 when he moved into the London home of his then-girlfriend Jane Asher. In 1963, sharing a room with her brother, Peter Asher. Mm -hmm. Asher asked him if he could use the song after Asher and Gordon Waller had signed a recording contract. Oh. So he lived... This is the brother of his girlfriend at the time when he wrote this. Okay. McCartney described John Lennon's reaction to the song. The funny first line always used to please, John. Please lock me away. Yes, okay. Okay. Lennon said of the song that he thinks it was resurrected from the past. I think he had that whole song before the Beatles. Uh, McCartney did not think the song was good enough for the Beatles, and as such, the song was never released by the Beatles. And the only known recording of the song by any member of the Beatles is the original demo of the song performed by McCartney, in, which is now on YouTube. Oh. Uh, and so you've heard that, so it's, let me play the, the YouTube.
1: Demo of McCartney demo. scene? Yeah,
0: there's one that somebody recently found mm-hmm. and they put it on YouTube. That's pretty cool. Um. <laughs>
1: He's, so, he's so talented.
0: Yeah, just to do that. I mean. Just to make up a song like that on the and, spot.
1: And he's so, I don't know, His I love, his voice is awesome and he's, but his.
0: Alien. Alien.
1: It's amazing.
0: Not human. They are not humans. Mm-hmm. I mean, George might be human,
1: but. Ringo's probably human. Ringo's
0: human. Yeah. Of course, human. Now, George is even human. Anyway, that was uh, Saturday, June 27th. Mm-hmm. 1964 and then I brings us to Monday June 29th 1964 oh, I understand you have a little something say. for us lay it on us babe is this another rape-free story
1: I want to make an announcement that American timelines yeah for the second episode in a row two episodes in a row rape-free
0: rape-free episode y'all rape-free. yes rape-free American
1: timelines is now rape-free not necessarily incest-free Oh, uh, uh, however but rape-free you can't have everything honey Is it,
0: it's consensual
1: incest it, it, you just can't have everything is all i'm saying
0: now double the incest
1: <laughs> all right so there was this um this is the candy m- mosler candy mosler i think is how you say it candy mosler uh,
0: candy mosler
1: candy mosler murder case wait
0: it's, I don't know what it's called. On June 29th 1964, so you're saying this happened the same day NFL linebacker Pepper Johnson was born?
1: hmm So there was um, this man named Jacques Mosler, okay?
0: Jacques Mosler. I thought you said Candy Mosler.
1: Well, this is what the story is. Okay. I don't know what they call it.
0: Jacques Mosler. He
1: was the head of a $33 million banking loan and insurance empire. Boy,
0: that's good work if we can get it.
1: Yeah, so he um, had gone to work at an early age To support his mother after his father had died
0: oh that's a nice guy and he
1: started with being like a paper boy then a car mechanic then a salesman and then it went up the kept going up the chain and then he went into financing
0: i so he that goes right from car mechanic to financing Mm -hmm. right up the chain in
1: 1947 he was divorcing his first wife and he met Candace Weatherby Johnson.
0: Candace Weatherby Johnson, yeah. all she came strolling into his life.
1: She was busty, attractive. Oh, busty, attractive. She That's was all a former model. Hit. She's a blonde. She had Oh blonde, she had, busty. She, she talked like this. She oh, had a yeah. real a southern accent like Dolly she had a voice. Oh
0: yeah. So um Like Dolly Parton in uh, work uh, what, uh nine to
1: five? No, Dolly Parton was sassy in that.
0: She was? Yeah. Well, she had kind of a quiet little
1: no, she, she was, was busty. I guess I so, had the
0: busty and the blonde.
1: She was also a mother of two who was also getting a divorce.
0: Oh, well, perfect timing. So they
1: got together and it was they just he swept you know, swept, swept her off her, her feet off or her whatever. Feet. It was true magic love. And he was um, you know, in his fifties at this time. Oh, so she was thirty three so gross, there was a weird. significant age difference Ugh, between them gross. but they Anyone got married in their 50s is gross they got, <laughs> just kidding they got married the next year okay they moved to houston in 1950 Oh, got a ma- big mansion
0: wow yeah because he had money
1: and she quickly he was making it rain. she quickly became a key figure in houston high society
0: oh she would because she's be beautiful and busty and
1: she was like a charming hostess and she would entertain visiting celebrities if and, you're
0: busty and you got money Boom, Charities nothing you can't do. Stuff. Busty so, money. So, in
1: 1961, Candy takes in her nephew, Melvin Lane Powers.
0: Melvin Lane Powers is her nephew. He's the son
1: of her older sister, Elizabeth Weatherby Powers.
0: Elizabeth Weatherby Powers, y'all. He this was this... nephew. He was right. this
1: brawny 20-year-old... All right. ...who had blown in from Pontiac, Michigan, where he had... Blown run. in? Yeah. He... He had fallen in with a group of swindlers and had spent 90 days in jail for fraud.
0: Well, who hasn't fallen in with a group of swindlers?
1: So he was still on probation when he showed up in Houston, right? right. And because his mom sent him there,
0: yeah. Go, you're, to I'm going to send to your auntie and uncle in Bel Air, yep. just like the it's like the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Basically. It was, yeah. So think of this as Will Smith, mm-hmm. and this is Aunt Viv. The, yes, think of it like that with. the whole time. Think about this. And All then, right, who um, Sergeant Al Powell? L. So, L. so sister had hoped Candy's wealth
1: so would know. help set her son yeah. straight. So
0: Wait, The wealth would help sell them straight. That's what exactly what French Prince's prince mom thought. Yeah.
1: So Candy talked Jacques into giving the nephew a job at one of his um, financial firms.
0: So now it's more like secret of my success. And
1: letting him live with the family.
0: Yeah, it's more so, kind of like secret of my success. Yeah. So
1: they, they got him new suits. They cleaned him up. And, and
0: she's hot for him, though? Well. Secret of my success? In
1: um, 1962, Jacques... Suffered a respiratory infection, so oh, he no. traveled alone to Europe for treatment.
0: Oh, as you okay. And you then would. he
1: also started spending more time on Key Biscayne for the healthy ocean air. They had a uh, they had a condo in. He started Key Biscayne.
0: He started what?
1: He started going to Key Biscayne, Florida, for the healthy ocean oh, air. That's a that's a place. Yes.
0: Key Biscayne. Yes.
1: Okay. And so. Um, Meanwhile, back in Houston...
0: Meanwhile, back in Houston, the sex started with the family members.
1: Yes, K- Candy began to develop a very close relationship with her nephew.
0: Gross. And long... It is Secret of My Success.
1: They crossed the line. is her lovers. nephew.
0: And this is what Secret of My Success is based on.
1: And Fresh Prince... They're blood related.
0: Sing, remember, Secret of My Success. Uh, That's Brantley as their nephew. And so. she wants to... She tries to bang him. So this is Secret of My Success meets Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. All right, so... Awesome.
1: They, awesome. it, the, her, their relationship became an open secret around the house with the, with the staff. Gross. Because remember, Weird. this is a mansion.
0: Yeah, it's a mansion. It's also, it's also Downton Abbey.
1: And so finally right? one Doesn't of the household staff tells decides to tell Jacques what's going uh, on.
0: Uh, one of the household staff that probably has ulterior motives. So, so like he... Somebody's hot for Jacques. He
1: tears through the house looking for her diary and finds it. Ugh. And then he... Because of
0: course you can't not write it all down.
1: Right. And then he read the diary, and he found out all about this affair that was going on.
0: Ah, Incest.
1: So he goes to the Harris County DA to see he wants to bring criminal charges against Powers for breaking up his home. Okay. The authorities dissuaded him, and they warned of the potential for scandalous publicity.
0: Oh, you don't want to get here to do this. That's going to get all the papers, man. So
1: he just fires Powers from his job and boots him from the mansion.
0: You're fired.
1: Then he goes to Europe.
0: Oh, that makes he sense. He eventually
1: returned to the United Wait, States. Wait, who goes to
0: Europe, Jacques or the nephew? The nephew. The nephew goes to Europe, yes. as you would when you get fired after banging your aunt.
1: He Then he eventually returned to the United States, but was too embarrassed to live in Houston.
0: Yeah, I would be too if I was banging my aunt.
1: No, this was, I'm sorry. Oh, I no. accept your apology. Jacques went to Europe.
0: Jacques went to Europe. And
1: then he came back to the United States.
0: And he was too embarrassed.
1: But was too embarrassed. Yeah, when, the way I wrote it, I banged. put he too many times. Okay.
0: So he went to Europe, which makes more sense. Wanted to get away from that gross wife who banged her own. But nephew. he didn't
1: want to. He didn't want to go back to Houston because of yeah, all the rumors. Because he had already. So he alive. moves to the this um, condo at the Governor's Lodge apartment complex in Key Biscayne, Florida. Key
0: Biscayne, Florida. So that makes me hungry for biscotti.
1: You're weird. Okay, so their their relationship was strained, but neither Jacques nor Candy made moves to separate or divorce. Oh, they're
0: still married even though she's still mm-hmm. in Houston, is she still banging her nephew?
1: Yeah. Gross. So they each had a, fi- but stop. they each had a financial motivation not to. Because the prenuptial said Prenup. that if she sued for divorce yeah. she would receive only two hundred thousand dollars. And Jacques That's not Jacques knew she could get half of his fortune, which would have been like five million dollars or something like that if he if he sought the divorce so they they were locked in this legal and financial this weird
0: while she's banging her nephew gross Mm
1: -hmm. gross so even though mel is no longer allowed in the mansion he and candy still get together in nightclubs and travel to beach resorts and ski lodges and stuff like that
0: Uh, weird so weird
1: so during these trips um, he would often introduce Candy as his wife and claim she was a distant relation recovering from a bad marriage. With her financial backing, he started wait, wait, selling. Wait, wait, wait.
0: Who, he, who introduced her as his wife and a distant
1: relative? N- um, Mel.
0: He would introduce her as his wife and a distant
1: relative? Or a, distant or a distant relative. Sorry, got
0: gotcha. you. That makes more sense. Sorry, sorry. That's okay. I accept your apology. So then Everyone he started. She
1: she gave him all this money, and he started selling trailer homes just south of Houston in Webster. All right. And got an apartment there, which was like their love nest. Ugh.
0: Ugh. So then,
1: in May of 1964, yeah, she traveled to Key Biscayne with her daughter Rita and three of, of the four children she and Jacques had adopted oh they the fourth was in summer kids. camp yeah and so she's got three of the oh four. And she already had four and she has one daughter she had,
0: had a daughter she had yeah. a bunch of kids anyway she, she did have a kids. bunch of kids
1: so no one or knows the nature of their relationship in key biscayne but soon after she arrived candy began experiencing migraine headaches she always said throughout her life that she had these bad migraine headaches
0: now now you are saying that as if you don't believe her
1: well, she was a piece of work.
0: Well, you're there's, banging your nephew. You're something there's you.
1: um, video of her, and she is just a piece there's of video work. Video of her? Yeah, coming out of the courthouse and stuff. But, and she uh, looks nuts or what? No, she's just she's just like a she, Marilyn Monroe or something.
0: Well, I thought you loved Marilyn Monroe. No,
1: but in a bad way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> in a in a banging your nephew kind of way.
1: She just loves everybody in Miami so much, and all the good people of Miami, and I just love being here, and I trust everyone. Oh, and
0: because you know Miami's garbage and Florida's filled with shit.
1: No, it's just this, it's just a weird thing to say. Oh, just I,
0: kidding, Miami listeners. Okay,
1: listen. Okay. I'm so, listening. three times she sought emergency treatment at a hospital, and each for what for oh, those migraines. migraines. Yeah, each time she drove herself between one a.m. and dawn. Migraines and she would are bad. take the children with her and leave Jock at home.
0: Jock. In Florida. In Florida. Now she's in Florida. Okay.
1: So on June 29th, which oh. is the day we're at, we are. Oh, you are. mean the
0: same day that uh, composer Malenko Zykovic dies? Yes. Which means he might actually be Pepper Johnson reincarnated.
1: Who's Pepper Johnson? Pepper
0: Johnson's a linebacker that I said that was born oh, that
1: day. that's right. Okay. On June 29th, she loaded the children in the car again at 1 a.m. Load them up. So she said she had to mail some letters. So she drove to DuPont Plaza Hotel in Miami where she bought stamps and posted several letters.
0: Okay, that seems okay. At 1 a.m. Well,
1: who does With her kids.
0: I sometimes mail letters at 1 a.m. with my kids.
1: Then she went to the hospital for a migraine treatment.
0: Well, she probably had a headache from all those stamps.
1: All well, those kids?
0: Well, licking those stamps and having a, all those kids yep. breastfeed them all.
1: In her two hours there, Candy reportedly received three phone calls from the same man at the nurse's station near the emergency room.
0: Oh, that's weird.
1: The caller was not Jacques Mossler, a nurse would later say.
0: It's not Jacques. No. It was probably the nephew she's banging.
1: Back on Key Biscayne, Jacques' dog yeah, woke Biscayne. neighbors with ferocious barking at 1.30 a.m. Then this was followed by a series of thuds, muffled groans, and a strange man's voice.
0: All at her
1: house? Uh-huh. The noises were so, so she p-
0: left the hospital.
1: No, no, she's gone. Neighbors are hearing this. Oh,
0: neighbors are hearing this at her house. Yes. Muffled screams, dogs barking. Yet muffled groans. While she's at the hospital. And, and a strange
1: groans. man's voice. The noises huh. were so troubling that three neighbors went to Mossler's door to check on him. Their knock went unanswered, and they gave up and went home.
0: But they still heard all the, there was just nothing? They yeah, there the was nothing barking? by that time when they huh. went over there.
1: Weird. So they didn't think to call I the would, police even though they, they heard more. groans and well, screams. Well,
0: nine one one didn't exist yet. Yeah, and they, it was one in the it morning. It was too much trouble to. Well, you don't look call the, the police. There's probably nobody at the police in, one in the true. morning. That's you true. Know, there's nobody. We'll call them in the morning. Yeah,
1: probably. maybe. So uh, Candy and the children returned at four thirty a.m.
0: Oh, that's late.
1: Found or early? Found Jacques' dead body in the living room and called the police.
0: Wait, Jacques's dead? I didn't see that coming.
1: Yes. So poor Jacques' Strap. Mel, um, uh, on the scene, police described Candy as strangely unemotional. Well, uh,
0: you would be if you just murdered somebody.
1: Jacques' body was a bloody mess. He had 39 stab wounds, and what police theorized was not an average murder, but a vengeance killing with passion involved. How many stab wounds? 39.
0: That's that's one too many. It's overkill. That's one too many, in my opinion. With a C, just fun. one. <laughs> 39. That's not <laughs> with okay. a seeming
1: emotional or sexual connection between the attacker and the victim, a suspicion naturally fell on Candy and Mel.
0: Yeah. Cheating. What are you in- you test- trying to
1: reach your water? Yeah. Oh my god. You're gonna knock it over. Jesus. Uh, thank you. All right.
0: <sighs> Sorry, I was thirsty. Anyway.
1: <clears throat> anyway. Anyway. Um Cops also discovered that Jacques left a record of his wife's affairs in his own diary.
0: Ah, uh, yeah.
1: One got entry, her. Sta- got her. One entry stated ominously of Candy and Mel, if they don't kill me first, I'll have to kill them. If they
0: don't kill me first, I'll have to kill them. That's not more ominous than the way you said it.
1: Um. So then the police find out that Mel was seen um, at a, a nearby... Mel wasn't supposed to be in Florida. No, he was but they supposed found to be out he in was. Houston.
0: Oh, so now we know he did it.
1: And he was seen at the Holiday Inn nearby uh, co- like hours before the murder nobody
0: says a holiday Inn if they're not murdering somebody
1: then he drove one of then a couple hours after the murder they found one of mosler's cars at yeah. the airport oh and, obvious. and he yep. flew he had flown back to houston
0: yep he did it and with then, their car
1: yeah and and Took so
0: escaped with their car
1: well they found and they found blood spatter in there blood stains in the car that was at the airport
0: well that doesn't mean anything sometimes people have blood unex, in their unexpected car bleeding. Unexpected
1: bleeding in the car um yeah. so on the day of jacques mosler's funeral florida authorities issued a warrant charging mel powers with his murder
0: mel powers did it
1: texas rangers picked up mel up that afternoon it's
0: weird that a whole baseball team would pick him up
1: so the evidence was mostly circumstantial but it was pretty strong because he was he had fingerprints um his fingerprints were also found in mosler's apartment
0: gross fingerprints gross greasy fingerprints
1: well and he would never yeah, have been he in, supposed he, to be there he would never have been in there because this was he they didn't have that apartment until after he had been kicked out of the house and everything and, yeah and he wouldn't
0: have been there before yeah he, so they know it's him and he and back then you didn't need. You didn't probably use your name to fly. They probably had no records. No, they. Yeah. Because you didn't give a name, you just got on a plane like a bus, probably. Probably. I don't know. I just made that up. But that it would be,
1: be mind blowing if it was true. So anyway, mind blowing. Um, so they um, also there was. I know a guy named um, Larry
0: Orr who used to smoke weed on airplanes.
1: There's a car similar to the one seen drive driven from the murder scene. The car at the airport was one similar to the one that was seen dri- being driven from the rotor scene.
0: Gotcha. Same day Pepper Jonathan was
1: born. Blood stains matching Mossler's blood were also found in that car so
0: yep, there you go it,
1: they didn't have dna but they could do blood typing and yeah it was, matched it matched type
0: oh positive
1: also fairly fresh blood was found on clothes powers was wearing when he returned from fairly Houston,
0: fresh blood
1: but the blood could not be identified
0: what if he was like covered in blood on <laughs> <Just> <laughs> covered oh, no, yep. don't mind me
1: it also seemed convenient that while mossler was being killed his wife happened to be out with the children in the middle of the night
0: Ah, that's why you thought it was so weird that she was with the kids in the middle of the night for Mm -hmm.
1: migraine. So prosecutors sought the death penalty, contending the two had plotted Mosler's murder to get his well, fortune yeah, they
0: were banging and, and continuing toward an incestuous love affair gross
1: candy hired top flight Houston defense attorneys Clyde Woody and Marion Rosen for her defense
0: Clyde Woody and Marion Rosen y'all
1: and Percy Foreman and William F Walsh for powers Percy Foreman he, Percy Foreman was a beast really of a of a prosecutor I mean of a defense attorney like, like, he, like he he was could in the like Emmett fit into a suit. Like, he defended in Emmett, in the Emmett Till trial, yeah, and he was known as, like, winning a lot in defenses. Good. So.
0: Yeah, but didn't Emmett Till get convicted?
1: No, Emmett Till got murdered.
0: Oh, it def- yeah, that was the murder. He murders. was defense. Oh, he was defending the murderers. Yes. Oh. Oh, and they got off, didn't they? Yeah. But that I was a racist whole That's what I mean, thing. though. Sorry, I couldn't remember what. What that no, no what that's that right. Yeah. That's right. I don't remember that one. I do remember now. Yeah, that's terrible.
1: So anyway, um, So he was a beast. The defense attorneys, um, the Miami trial, which began on January seventeenth, nineteen sixty six.
0: Wait. January seventeenth, nineteen sixty six? That trial started the same day that Rexton Gordon was born, otherwise known as Shaba Ranks. <laughs> the one of the greatest musical entertainers of all time. Yes. Shaba Shaba also, the same day that a B-52 bomber collides with a KC-135 strato tanker over Spain, dropping three 70-kiloton nuclear bombs near the town of Palomares and another one into the sea in the Palomares incident.
1: I never heard that. Nuclear bombs? Yes. So did they dead? Three deadweight? of them. I don't know. Must no, not I guess have. they just
0: fell in the sea. Also, that same day that trial started was on the Lucy Show, Lucy moonlights at a department store to pay for a dinette set she's buying. Okay. Uh, meanwhile, Fred and Ethel try LSD.
1: <laughs> they did not. Yeah. So the Miami trial was a circus.
0: Yeah, I bet. That's a circus. The subject it matter was crazy. so explicit. This is exciting.
1: That George Sh- Judge George Schultz closed the courtroom to anyone under 21.
0: George Schultz, the guy who wrote Peanuts, is the judge? No. That's wrote Peanuts, George Schultz, I think.
1: Charles Schultz wrote Peanuts. Well, he
0: goes by George.
1: Okay. He's Defense George. attorneys contended that Jacques Mossler was both a homosexual who could have been slain by a male acquaintance and what? a ruthless businessman who might have taken out by a rival. You know, so, if he
0: was gay, maybe that makes sense why she's banging her nephew.
1: There was rumors that he was a homosexual. Well, and, and back then, had, you
0: couldn't just be gay. You weren't allowed that to he be. You had, had taken, blonde.
1: He had um, solicited men and stuff.
0: Well, think about it. If she was like Marilyn Monroe esque, mm-hmm. and he's a gay guy, he would still. You know, oh, I love her. Yeah, like, it's gay guy love Marilyn Monroe.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so
0: it makes sense. We
1: we'll go shopping.
0: I love her. Let's go shopping. Let's get her dolled up. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, that's pretty good. All right. There so you anyway, um, you're figuring it all out.
0: I got it figured. But
1: also, he did all that finance loan stuff, and people, some of the stuff he did wiped people's fortunes out. Like, oh, gay guys would never. So do that. he had he had a lot of people that that hated him, and so the oh, defense okay. kind of sowed doubt in that way. And then, um,
0: I guess there could be bad gay guys too.
1: Years later, a couple of Houston hustlers offered up convincing evidence that Jacques had indeed paid homosexual men for sex. A Houston resident, Foreman knew this through the grapevine, but had no no solid proof. Heard but he decided to grapevine. smear the victim anyway.
0: That he paid for homosexual sex in the sixties because his wife was. So the prosecution, his
1: the prosecution paraded neighbors, employees, hotel clerks, who all said they saw Mel and Candy share affectionate moments. Cops okay. found a photographic record of Candy and Mel's travels. Yeah. Well, so
0: what about her diary?
1: They offered up. Yeah. Oh, I guess they, they offered up that. Arthur Grimsley, an Arkansas convict who testified Powers had offered him money to do away with an old mooch.
0: I'm Arthur Grimsley.
1: Bill Frank Mulvey, a Texas convict serving time for theft, testified that Candy gave him a $7,000 down payment in 1962 to kill oh, kill her husband. Oh, yeah,
0: I believe that guy. 100%. Well, they,
1: that's the thing is that the, the state drug all these, ex, these people all in these jail scumbags, scumbags yeah. in to say that they...
0: I believe every last one of them scumbags...
1: Yeah, and it was I like believe a big, the scumbags. It was a big misstep on the prosecution side to do that because the jurors, the jury, was like, "Like we're going to believe these idiots." We're not going to
0: believe the scumbags. I stand with the scumbags.
1: So, um,
0: I stand. The judge scumbags.
1: refused to allow prosecutors to place in evidence <laughs> a photocopy of a nine-page love letter to Candace that Powers had tried to once have one of her brothers smuggle out of jail. Sheesh! Authorities the intercepted scumbags. the letter, made a copy, and forwarded the original to Candy.
0: I have a bumper sticker that says, I break for scumbags.
1: So she would play to the crowd. She was like eating it up. She
0: loved the attention. Hardly a
1: day passed without an interruption because of one of Candy's medical episodes she would have in the courtroom. She would have nausea, fainting spells, migraine, headaches, and the occasional upset stomach. What is it
0: nausea or is it nausea?
1: Nausea, I think. Once nausea. she showed up for the day's proceedings wearing a neck brace. <laughs> and then one I'll day. Bobby the Brain Heenan. One day in February, Judge Schultz warned Mosley's attorneys Mrs. Mosler will have to sit up. She just can't lie across two chairs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I bet that was really entertaining. And so she was just like, if you playing watch that,
1: it up. Yeah, if
0: you had no dog yeah. in the fight. You could right, just watch you could just it. watch it and it would just be I entertaining. I was entertaining.
1: So finally. We make a movie about this. On March 3rd. 1966.
0: Oh, you mean the same day that rock group Buffalo Springfield forms? Oh, I with love Buffalo Springfield. Stills and Neil Young? Also the same day that WRFT, uh, TV Channel 27, Roanoke, Virginia begins broadcasting?
1: Yes, that you day. You mean the
0: same day that a tornado hit Jackson, Mississippi, three minutes after its first sighting and 57 people died?
1: Yes, that day. That day. What after happened? 33 days of trial, closing arguments began.
0: Oh, wait, the closing arguments began the same day that Mona McCluskey is on NBC. It's about a beautiful Hollywood actress who's the star of the show, marries an Air Force sergeant who insists that they live on the little amount of money he makes and not the thousands of dollars a week that she makes, starring mm-hmm. Juliette Prouse and Denny Miller and Bartlett Robinson
1: that same day? Yes. Oh. So... Um the the prosecutor took just sixty two minutes to summarize his case. Oh, that's not long. And then it was foreman's turn. So oh boy! He rises oh, from his seat. You all right? He's
0: had an accident.
1: He rises from his seat and he looks at the twelve man jury. Yeah. And he says, "I will now make a few brief remarks." He then proceeded to speak for four hours and fifty four minutes. What? The second longest closing argument of his career. Four hours and what? Fifty four minutes. So, like five hours. Yes. Who's got five hours in a row to sit? I know. What? So the state's case, he said, smells to the high heavens. They, they, signed, a, they signed the cesspools of the penitentiaries and insane asylums for anybody who would testify. And they Scumbags. didn't come up with an edible fish. So at one point, Foreman compared police and prosecutors with the buzzards that circled the county courthouse in the winter and painted Mossler as a ruthless financier hated by thousands and a sexual deviant who slept with an axe at his bedside to protect him from his enemies.
0: Well, I do that.
1: On Sunday, March 6, 1966.
0: Oh, the same day that Asif Mondvi and Michael Irvin were born? Yes. And on that same day that on Lassie, when Corey becomes trapped in an overturned truck, a new kind of balloon signal device helps him. It's Lassie, however, who comes to the rescue. Mm-hmm. And then after Lassie rescues him, Lassie dry humps of stuffed animal no. after sniffing an old man's crotch
1: <laughs> none of that happened <laughs> all right um, on Sunday March 6th 1966 after, oh, 16, sabbat, sabbat, after 16 hours and 33 minutes yeah. and almost four days of deliberations yes the jury reached a verdict
0: oh my gosh I'm on the edge of my seat not guilty not guilty. Not guilty. What?
1: According to because
0: that guy talking for five hours, like all well, he yeah. spoke for five hours, got to be right.
1: According to many trial watchers, prosecutors had relied too heavily on testimony of convicts claiming to have knowledge of a murder plot.
0: Scumbag! The scumbags did it in. And
1: then the the circumstantial evidence did not prove guilty on a reasonable Circumcision doubt. Circumcision evidence. It was also noted that the defense had wisely kept their clients off the stand, avoiding direct questions about their relationship.
0: Oh, man. I can't believe it's not guilty.
1: After the verdict, Candy Mossler, who had become a media darling after the murder, kissed every juror.
0: Oh, yeah. Hot. That's hot.
1: And she walked out of the courtroom, and they gathered around her, and she was just so happy. Although they both returned to Houston to live, Candy and Mel drifted apart after the trial. Stories differ about their breakup. In 1971, Candy married a hell-raising ex-Rice University football player. There and, we go. An electrical contractor named Barnett W. Garrison. At the time, he was 33, and she was claiming to be 50, but was actually 57. Whoa. Plastic surgeons kept her well-preserved. I bet. The following year, Garrison went out drinking alone after a fight with Candy. He, yeah. He returned late without keys and apparently tried to climb up onto her third floor bedroom. Yeah. He reportedly slipped and plunged 40 feet from the roof onto a concrete patio and suffered brain damage. She killed, she threw him out the window. Although suspicious, Garrison had a loaded pistol in his belt. What? Police ruled the fall an accident. Oh. Three months later, the couple divorced.
0: Oh, she's a killer.
1: She had inherited her husband's wealth, about $33 million. What? And, and his banks. In 1964, can you imagine $33 million? Yeah. What that would be today? Right. As the chairman of the board, she was late for director's meetings and demanded that the vice president's greet her with a kiss. Several top executives resigned and the business grew shaky. A 1976 article in Esquire magazine described Candy's lavish parties in Houston and her odd personality. Estimates of her age ranged from 43 to 56, but she still had a youthful alluring figure. Oh, yeah. In May 1974, Candy Mossler told police that a masked intruder had broken into her home, chloroformed her, and made off with $396,000 in jewelry and cash. What? She had reported a similar theft in Miami Beach two weeks earlier. Oh, man. Claiming that a thief with soft hands had taken $200,000 in gems. Carelessly, Mrs. Mossler reported the same item, a $160,000 diamond stolen in each robbery. Wow. Neither case was solved.
0: Nope. Because it's all scam.
1: In October 26,
0: 1976. Oh. The same day that Mike Kaprusov was born, a Finnish hot ice hockey player. Yes. And on, and on one day at a time, Barbara decides to change her image while Schneider gets his bush stuck in his <laughs> zipper. <laughs> in his zipper.
1: <laughs> what did that go wrong? <laughs> <Schneider, laughs> you get that out.
0: Schneider got his bush stuck in his zipper. <laughs> right. <laughs> he yes. did. He, he did not. He got it stuck in an air conditioner while he's fixing it. Schneider, <laughs> right. Schneider oh, yeah. Schneider was always getting his bush stuck in something. Yeah. Something he was repairing.
1: Uh, all right. Well, I got to help Schneider. Again. <laughs> uh, the toaster. <laughs> yeah. He's got to, he's got help,
0: help, Bonnie. I got my bush stuck in the toaster. Help <laughs> Schneider.
1: All right. In October 26th of 1976, Candy yeah. Mossler died in her sleep oh, at the Fountain Blue Hotel in Miami Beach. That's sad. According to a 1995 Sun Sentinel story. An yeah. autopsy showed that Candy Mossler was a drug abuser of long-standing.
0: Oh, that. Now it makes she sense. She had thousands
1: and thousands of needle pricks in her buttocks from years of drug injections. Wow. She's buried in Sound Arlington. Sound like somebody <laughs> we know? What? Oh, sorry. I beg your well, you're pardon. Well, you're
0: a blonde bombshell.
1: She's buried in Arlington. And we're going gonna to stop this conversation. You're a lot like her. Like your figure like is her. great.
0: You look a lot younger than you are. No, no. Everybody thinks I'm way older than you.
1: She's buried in Arlington National Cemetery beside the grave of Jacques Mosler, the man she was accused of killing. Weird. Chiseled on her tombstone are her maiden name, Candace Weatherby, and one last lingering wink at the world, she lied about her age. Really? And I got this information from Matt Schudel, the South Florida Sun Sentinel. So her
0: gravestone was lying about her age? Yeah. You got it from who? From what Sentinel? What?
1: The South Florida Sun Sentinel, it was an article by Matt Schudel, also, mm-hmm, the Houston Chronicle Shuddle, had an article in 2001 about it. Okay. MiamiNewTimes.com and MiamiBeach411.com. 411.
0: Wow, that's good. Sorry, cite your sources, lady.
1: So that's the story of Candy Mosler. Wow, you'll have to look look her up. Um, clips of her. She's. It's funny to watch.
0: Sandy Candy Mossler. See yeah, if you can look have, it up and just. Was there
1: any movies uh, named after her? I'm sure there was a lot of Lifetime movies and stuff. See if you can find just a clip of her coming out of the courtroom because she, when she's talking to the reporters. Because Candace was a star and loved it. Mrs. Mosler, how does it feel Hello. to be free on bond? It feels wonderful,
0: thank you. What do you expect?
1: Oh, well, I have a lot of faith in the good people of
0: Miami and Dade County. Thank you. It's marvelous to be back with my children. Do you have any plans to come back to Miami before the trial? Oh, I adore coming back to Miami. I love Miami. I, th- I think my grandbaby likes Miami also. As the, the trial date approaches the spotlight isn't she, is she funny that's yeah, goofy She's a piece of work yeah she's insane you can tell yeah. she's insane yeah. just by that couple seconds
1: yeah
0: wow that's amazing that was a great story that was interesting that was, that was a good one i want to see a movie based on that
1: there's so there's documentaries about it but i don't yeah. i'm sure there's been like you know investigation discovery dramatizations of it and stuff yeah so watching makes, id just watching
0: her talk for a couple seconds yeah. You can tell she's insane, and it, it makes all the incest make sense. Oh, because she's so simple? Like she's just out to lunch. Yeah. Like she's just insane. Yeah. So, of course, she's going to fuck her nephew. Yeah. And her nephew just probably wants a... He's like 19, money. and
1: yeah. yeah. He was this giant burly guy, too.
0: Yeah, giant burly guys fuck their aunts. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Anyway, thanks for listening, Time Heads. We're glad you're on board, and we're glad you uh, you insist on being called Time Heads. No, we're
1: not doing that. American Time not Time Heads. It's so dumb.
0: They love being called Time Heads. They've all written me.
1: No, they... Tweet
0: us what you like better at History for Jerks. Do you like Time Heads better or American...
1: Or just listeners.
0: No. It's that's stupid They're
1: just jerks
0: jerk jerk heads
1: why does it have to be something with the heads
0: american tampons american tampons
1: no <laughs> right you've been drinking okay I drank some i drank
0: a delicious plenty of the elder. thanks to
1: so it's time to get out of here chuck berry
0: get the hell out chuck berry he's not supposed to be here it's time for matt truman now know what i'm saying anyway this was episode 82 i think Thank you everybody. Great review, subscribe. Thank you, Americans. Yeah, give us more Hey we got a new uh we got a new uh review. Really? on iTunes. Somebody named Melissa.
1: And did they say they hate it?
0: Oh. Melissa fourteen fifty two on August twenty second said, Great show with four exclamation points. Said, I love listening to you guys your show. And that was it. <laughs> yep. Good. I love listening to you guys your show. So I think she meant to say more, but it was Melissa 1452. I don't know who that is. But keep it could listening. Be, it might be Melissa Thompson, somebody we know. Maybe. Or it might be a stranger. I hope it's a stranger that likes us. Strangers in the night. Sometimes strangers like us, and I don't know why. That's true. And I don't know why. I, I
1: can't for the life of me. All right. Keep listening. Keep Love, everybody. Listening,
0: everybody. Thanks for all your stuff and your likes and your... Liking our pictures on Instagram. If you're not on Instagram or you don't follow us, check it out. We post pictures of stuff that we talked about sometimes.
1: Yes. What's our? How do you get on Instagram? What do you look for? It's
0: at History for Jerks, I think.
1: Tor- history I for Jerks. I damn too. I'm, I'm going to so hire somebody. I'm such a moron when it comes to Instagram. Yeah, there's a the girl. I right need right to now, get a millennial like, to show you.
0: I have a millennial that wants to run it for us. Oh really? Yeah. I have to give her some little bit of money though. Oh. Yeah. All right, anyway, bye. Bye. I said we're so tired of hearing about the 60s. When you were all alone, or
1: watched
0: our kids in the sky. Well, I was barely a glimmer in my young daddy's eyes. I said we're so tired of hearing about the 60s. One more time.
1: The greatest podcast ever. The greatest podcast ever. American Timelines is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at Queen City Podcast History, for jerks. History for, oh,
0: history jerks. for jerks. history for jerks. History for jerks. History for jerks.